0: This is Cass Club Radio.
1: Brought to you by Heritage Distilling.
0: On Cass Club Radio, we believe every spirit has a story. And stories like good drinks are always better when shared with friends.
1: Each week, we'll explore the intersection of cocktails, spirits, beer, wine, and life.
0: It's Cass Club Radio. Here's your hosts, Lydia Cruz and Justin Stiefel.
2: Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Cast Club Radio. Thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Lydia Cruz.
3: And I'm Justin Stiefel.
2: And I'm Maura Dooley. And it's here, football fans. We have made it to Super Bowl weekend, which in part makes me happy in part makes me sad. It means there's only one more football game left of this season. But I know one person who's very, very excited and she's sitting to my Boy. right currently. My <laughs> team's in the Super Bowl, and I get to go to the game. Is that is that not even an exciting I'm. I know it's exciting every time, but if you're a Patriots fan, <laughs> is it just kind of like same old do you expect it does it still does the shine wear no, off at all
4: I no i was i was biting my nails through that entire chiefs patriots game i definitely don't expect that they i know that they've won a lot but they don't blow people out most of the time so and you know there have been times where it hasn't gone their way so
2: recent yeah i don't recently. expect it um, Yeah,
4: but yeah it's definitely on my bucket list to go to a super bowl game i got to go to radio row last year but not the actual so game cool. yeah and this year i get to go to the game and my team's gonna play in it so i i could not be happier it's about that. darn amazing. <laughs> ah, that's exciting.
2: Well, Justin, how about you? I'm. Are you headed to the Super Bowl? Or are you keeping things local here with the family?
3: I'm, I'm keeping things local, but I do want to remind both of you that, uh, you know, unless you are officially affiliated with the NFL, you can't use the word Super Bowl. They've trademarked it, and they control that. And, uh, you know, anybody who uses that tends to get a nasty letter in the mail from them. So that's why we always refer to it as the big game game, or as I like to euphemistically call it the game that shall not be named. So (laughs) we will be watching tomorrow the game that shall not be named in our house with family and friends and uh, lots of food and uh, maybe a couple adult beverages.
2: Absolutely. Well, we've talked in the past about cocktails that you can make at that party. And to wrap up the show today, we'll have another cocktail on that list that might be great for entertaining. In the meantime, what is going on in the headlines?
3: Well, we've talked briefly in the past about the danger of bad alcohol. And what I mean by bad alcohol is alcohol that's been produced illegally, Uh, not safely, where it's not been produced properly, and it contains uh, a lot of methanol with an M uh, and other issues, uh, other chemicals in it. So this comes to us from uh, Vietnam. uh, The Daily Mail Uh, gentleman had 15 cans of beers pumped into his stomach by Vietnamese doctors to save him from alcohol poisoning. He had consumed uh, so much methanol from illegal alcohol that his blood content was 1,100 times higher than the appropriate limit. Now, methanol is bad. Uh, It attacks uh, the oxygen-liking cells in your bloodstream and the the whole system. Uh, It slows down your metabolism, and eventually, if you have too much methanol in your system, you can uh, die from it. So the way to fix that, as with any alcohol poisoning, is you basically put ethanol into the patient and the what we would do here in the U.S. is we would actually pump vodka into the patient. Over there, they gave the doctor or they gave the patient one beer every hour for 15 hours. That's because the liver will give priority to processing the ethanol molecules first to clean out your bloodstream. So by doing that, they were able to keep the methanol suspended in his bloodstream, and then they were able to hook him up to dialysis, pump the blood through dialysis, and filter it out. And uh, he was discharged from the hospital a mere three weeks later. So people uh, don't drink bad alcohol.
2: Wow, yeah, this is... a. Uh... Definitely a scary story, but also wow the the fact that medicine has advanced to this is pretty darn amazing as well,
3: yeah, so if, you know, if you uh you know run into this issue later on at, at the hospital don't be surprised and they start hooking you up to uh, vodka basically uh, next up on the other end of the spectrum, police in a small town in Pennsylvania. Uh, called Cutstown Town with a K. They put out a request for uh, volunteers to come to the police station and to drink hard liquor to the point of inebriation, end quote. <laughs> now, what they were trying to do was they're trying to get three volunteers to assist in training their new officers in a- administering the standardized field sobriety test uh, that they issue at, at DUI stops on uh, for traffic. So they were so inundated with volunteers that they had to shut down the... <laughs> (laughs) the request online the volunteer requirements were you had to be in good health you had to be between ages 25 and 40 no history of drug or alcohol abuse a clean criminal background be willing to drink hard liquor to the point of inebriation. Uh, that sounds like Philadelphia Eagles fans, and uh, <laughs> sign a, a waiver releasing the borough of Cutstown from any liability. Uh, so, anyway, it's too late for all you people in Cast Club Radio Land to sign up. Mm-hmm. But had you been to Pennsylvania at the appropriate time, in little less than an hour, they got 900 responses and 1,700 shares, uh, <laughs> and so they, you know, they had their selection of three. Volunteers to get drunk while on duty.
2: Well, I really love the idea that so many people were willing to volunteer and help out a public service. But yeah, you're also like, I hope they get this amount of volunteers for everything else that they ask for as well.
4: I'm just picturing people taking it as a challenge. Like, I'm going to get yeah. an e-rated and I'm going to pass that field sobriety exactly. test. Actually, I yeah. am going to touch my toes and say the alphabet backwards. Just you wait. Which I'm sure they didn't. But no. I- <laughs>
3: At the police station. Yeah. Yes,
4: exactly. And lastly,
3: lastly, speaking of uh, the point of inebriation, uh, this story has been around the world and back on social media hundreds of thousands of times already in the last two weeks. A woman was drinking wine from a Pringles can in Walmart in Texas and was banned for life from that Walmart. Police in North Texas said the woman was banned after spending several hours driving an electric shopping cart around the store's parking lot while drinking wine from a Pringles can. They got a call around 9 a.m. on a Friday, (laughs) 9 a.m., not 9 p.m., from Wichita Falls, about 125 miles northwest of Dallas. The woman had reportedly been riding the electric cart around the parking lot for three hours, uh, police eventually found the woman in a nearby restaurant and told her not to return to the store. Unknown if she kept the electric cart or not. Uh, but when this story wondering. broke, <laughs> yeah, when this story broke a couple of weeks ago, I started seeing all sorts of memes on social media of people uh, and clever pictures they taken with wine and Pringles cans. So, one more example of a bad I mean, life seems choices. Seems like
4: maybe yeah. it actually worked out well for Pringles. They're all over yeah, social media, free advertisement.
3: <laughs> maybe they'll make uh, wine flavored chips next. Who knows? Cabernet. Cabernet Pringles.
2: (laughs) Coming up on Cast Club Radio, well, drinking wine out of a Pringles can in a parking lot is probably not allowed at any time of the day. But we've got seven states that have strict laws about how and when you can drink alcohol. You don't want to miss out on it. It's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Thanks again for joining us early in the show. We told about, told you a story about the woman who was riding around a Walmart parking lot drinking wine out of a Pringles can, generally frowned upon at any time of the day. Uh, but we've also got seven states that have pretty strict laws on how and when you can consume your alcohol. What's on this list, Justin?
3: Well, this list comes to us from Insider.com. It was compiled by a writer named Annie Schmidt. And briefly, you know, we celebrated two weeks ago the 100-year anniversary of the 18th Amendment to the Constitution, which is what started Prohibition. Uh, And so since then, uh, and then the end of Prohibition, some 22 years later, we are now uh, still looking at a hodgepodge of laws and a mishmash of uh, policy across all 50 states plus D.C. So the top seven here, uh, for example, New Jersey. New Jersey state only allows two liquor licenses per chain store. So that means that uh, even though New Jersey is quite populous, even though it's densely populated, densely uh, co-located, all the people, uh, the number of liquor licenses is so limited uh, that the cost can reach up to 1.6 million dollars for wow. a recent liquor license for a restaurant that was sold because they're capped and because uh, they cap um, how many chain accounts can have uh, the number of licenses.
2: That's pretty darn incredible. I wonder, does that mean in general, it's a lot more difficult to get liquor in New Jersey?
3: No, it just means you've got a lot of small, independently-owned corner liquor stores. Okay, now, you but don't that, have a lot of national chain accounts like BevMo or Total Wine or like what we have here in the West and Safeway.
2: Do the high cost of those licenses, though, deter small businesses from having their own liquor stores?
3: Yeah, they become very expensive. They become essentially a planning uh, component of your retirement because when you decide to get out of the business, assuming you're not going to pass it down to your kids maybe or your niece or nephew to run, um, you're going to sell it. And in this case, you could sell it for almost $2 million for one liquor license. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Next up in North Carolina, drink specials are illegal. So you know how we enjoy going (laughs) to happy hour. Yep. (laughs) The North Carolina Alcohol Beverage Control says that uh, free drinks, including two for one, buy one, get one, get a second one for a nickel, buy a meal, uh, get a free drink. Those are all banned. Uh, That's actually illegal here in Washington as well. It's illegal to give away free alcohol. Uh, It's illegal to give away uh, alcohol for free as part of a package. Up in Alaska, happy hour is actually illegal. Legal uh, for drinks, you, they, so you go to a bar or restaurant, and the mm-hmm. happy hour is food specials. But the alcohol, the beer, the wine, the cocktails have to maintain their their, uh, their same price all week long.
2: Is that just because it's more difficult to regulate? What's the What's the benefit of a state having or having that that rule?
3: Well, in the case of like Alaska, Alaska's got 19% of the population is uh, Alaska Natives from one form of a region or tribal network, uh, and there's a very high alcohol uh, abuse history up there. The other was, if you go back to the mining days and the days of the gold rush when money was flowing uh, in the pipeline construction days in the 70s. It was just all out uh, drink, drink, drink uh, when you got off your shift. So as a way to discourage overconsumption, they said, we're no longer going to let the bars and restaurants offer cheap drinks. We're going to let them offer cheap food, but not cheap drinks.
2: Interesting. And in Washington, sort of similar on that?
3: Uh in Washington you can have happy hour drinks, we see it all the time. Yeah. You just can't give the alcohol away. away so you for can't free. wrap it in okay. and say, Hey, all you can drink mimosas uh, if you buy, you know
2: This, brunch. yeah.
1: All right, perfect. Yeah.
3: Restaurants in South Carolina cannot sell alcohol on Sundays without a special permit. This goes back to the old blue laws, we call them. And uh, that will probably start changing as the next younger generation of people come up and are tired of all these really silly regulations. Um, and it also makes these permits uh, harder to get and, and uh, expensive.
2: With sports being a big thing on Sundays, i also be interested to see if that changes states' rules and stranglehold on, on drinking rules on Sundays.
3: Yeah, yeah, and we've seen that happen uh, recently in a couple states like Minnesota. Uh, had a Sunday ban on, on sales, and they recently, the legislature changed that. So um, you're going to continue to see this evolution of uh, what I call Uh, freedom of choice pop up across the U.S. Next up, in Alaska, we just talked about uh, happy hours are not allowed for alcohol, but bars and liquor stores cannot open until the polls close on Election Day. (laughs) Uh, And that's because of uh, (laughs) a (laughs) long-running... Well, not drunk voting, but attempting to buy people's votes by offering them, you know, hey, I'll buy a drink for you if if you go to the polls, which is incidentally how George Washington won his first election in the the mid-1750s. But I digress. Uh, In Pennsylvania, hard liquor can only be bought at state-run stores. That's the same really for uh, 15 other states. They're they're called control states. It's the way Washington State used to be. Mm. It's the way Oregon and Idaho uh, are today. And remain today. In pencil, it's in Utah. Uh, you have to order alcohol. You have to order food if you're ordering alcohol at a bar or a restaurant. And that's because they want to make sure you. Uh, the idea is that if you eat food, you're slowing down the alcohol consumption, uh, because the only thing that solves inebriation is time. Uh, and so, if you have food in front of you, you'll spend uh, more time eating and less time drinking. I actually it kind is, of approve,
2: approve of this one, too. Yeah. I think uh, it's it's better, in my experience, anytime I've been a consumer of alcohol, it's better to have a little something to eat with it. And I like the idea behind it. Utah also has generally some of the stricter or more interesting rules. I think we've talked on this show in the past about they have to even make their drinks behind some sort of screen or curtain or something in the past. I think that was in Utah where we talked about that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's called the
3: Zion Curtain.
4: There it is, Yeah. As far as the food goes, yeah, I know that when I bartended, sometimes, you know, if it was slow, like a Tuesday or Wednesday night, the manager would leave and the bartender on duty, if they were also a manager, would just stay and close everything down. They'd send the kitchen home, but you have to still serve some sort of food as long as you're serving alcohol for those same reasons. And so sometimes I would... They had a smaller list of things that, um, that that us bartenders could cook. And so sometimes I'd have to go back there and whip up some sliders or artichoke dip or french fries do it all man i love it
3: (laughs) jalapeno poppers (laughs) (laughs) yes lastly in massachusetts uh it is uh, out-of-state ids are not proof of age at bars so if you're traveling and uh, you want to go get a drink or whatever and you produce your id from washington or idaho um they may not accept it they don't have to accept it uh, also, happy hour, free drinks, and drinking games like beer pong are prohibited in Massachusetts, and grocery stores are limited to only five liquor licenses per chain.
4: Interesting.
2: Yeah. I wonder if we should if anybody if you've had this experience before in Massachusetts where you've been denied service because of out of state contact us I'm
4: very curious. I haven't. I have family there. I haven't had yeah. that experience. And I and I've seen the grocery stores that sell alcohol there That's I didn't realize that only a certain amount for each chain could have liquor licenses. I've never and, heard of that.
2: And that sounds not very fun more I'm going to be honest that <laughs> games like beer pong aren't prohi- are prohibited.
4: There's plenty of beer pong that goes on, okay. just maybe not at
2: Under bars. the radar. <laughs> All right. I'm there. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Coming up on Cast Club Radio, tomorrow is the Super Bowl. And if you need a place to watch it locally, one of the coolest sports bars in the Pacific Northwest area, the Century Bar in Portland. We're going to talk with them about how they got started and their really unique design. It's next on Cast Club Radio. Right now, we are joined by Jake Carey, co-owner of Sentry Bar in Portland, a place I've been personally and been blown away by the amazing environment there. I watched a Seahawks game and had an incredible time. And since it is Super Bowl weekend, we're talking about great places that you could potentially watch the big game. Jake, thanks so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Can you tell us a little bit of the story behind Sentry?
0: Sure. Sentry is a place that we put together the idea being with the with the the actual size of it and location we we thought it would be a really great place to put what our version of a sports bar is and our sports our sports bar concept if if you if you notice when you were there is that the main room is sort of set up like a, sort of in a stadium setting where you have basically our version of bleacher seating of course not as expansive as you would see in a in a, a big a big stadium but that was kind of the inspiration was to have sort of the center of the room where all the screens are be the focus and then give that sort of uh, feeling to the room itself um, so we built that out it was a it was a pretty pretty long process we had to get we had to get a lot of stuff passed through the city a mm-hmm. lot a lot of, a lot of uh, things that we fought the good fight to get it done and. We, finally got it done, and we were able to get open for the final game of the NBA Finals oh, Wow. This was 2016.: Yes, yeah, so we, we were able to show one game. We were hoping to be done much sooner, but naturally with progress of, of those kinds of businesses, it takes always longer, much longer. So yeah. but we were able to prove, prove that the concept was work, at least we had you know one, sh- one game to prove that it was going to work. That was our first day. So that's pretty exciting.
2: So was the response kind of immediate right there with, that, with the right as you opened? Did people respond to, to the environment?
0: They did, yeah. It was a really wonderful response. People had watched us. The, the location physically is in a, a fairly high traffic area, so people driving by would have noticed for, you know, it was it was a couple of years in the making, so yeah. I would have noticed that we were under construction and we have a few other businesses in town. So there's, you know, the networking side of that. Um, people knew what was coming. And we were ready. We were ready to be open as soon as we got open. So we were able to push pretty hard to get to get that going. So by the by the second weekend, it was uh, it was it was plenty for us to handle, if not too much. I would say we were as prepared as we could be, but never as prepared as you need to be to make everything happen the way it's supposed to. Um, pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. And I, terrifying.
2: Yeah. Oh, I can only imagine, even though you mentioned you have other businesses, I can imagine if it's a new or a different type of venture that it's it's. Doesn't ever get uh, not nerve wracking.
0: No, every time you do this kind of thing, it's it's no matter how many times you've done it before, it's a new it's a new playing field, uh, to use a horrible um, metaphor. <laughs> it's
1: but allowed. It, it, is. It,
0: it you really don't know what you're getting until you're until you're in it, which is, you know, part of the excitement. It's kind of a rush for sure. And it's kind of stressful at the same time. Yep. So I guess we kinda like those kind of things. That's why we keep doing it.
2: I, I thought one of the coolest things when I was there was that Obviously, Portland doesn't have a, a designated uh, football team, but there were just fans mm-hmm. of of every possible team that was playing that day that were there. I thought that was so cool, all sitting in the same environment, um, all watching their, you know, designated screens. But has that right. been kind of one of the cool things that you've seen is uh, sports fans from all different uh, sports teams and allegiances?
0: Yeah, that was what we were hoping to to create was that kind of environment, trying to plan ahead so that we could facilitate as many as many people with as many as many teams as they wanted to, you know, to root on or to watch. And that was again what the stadium seating arrangement sort of provided was the ability to have sections essentially versus, you know, if you have a your standard bar seating and booths, it makes it a little bit harder. Yeah. But Having all that focus be kind of the way it is, it worked out really well, and of course we we're, we're definitely i think our philosophy as uh, as a group is always to be as inclusive as possible with um, as many different types of people as possible, so in the spirit of what you know what Portland is and has become that was that was always our goal is to be able to include as many people as possible and as many teams and even even rival teams it's been <laughs> you you expect kind of that sort of uh, college college football thing that is kind of scary to think about but everyone's actually you know everyone's a good a good sport and and everyone gets along for the most part so thanks for an interesting and exciting environment
4: well i would imagine that you are a destination in portland for the the big game the super bowl tomorrow uh what do you guys Mm -hmm. have planned for it
0: well we have Obviously, uh, we have the capacity to handle a big, big group of people. Um, we're doing some prizes. We have a selfie contest. Uh, there will be um, somebody who is actually the, an MC um, who will be basically hosting the event. Uh, a DJ. Uh, what we like to do is have have the environment feel as as much of a um, as you as you're experiencing it as an event. Um, of course, the Super Bowl has the, the commercials are a big part of the Super Bowl, <laughs> yeah, true. Um, yeah. so we won't we won't be fading them out. But typically in the past, we've had uh, a DJ who will, who will who actually will control the volume of the commercials when they come on during a game and then just have music playing over um, over the commercials to sort of break up the monotony of feeling like you're sitting and watching TV. Um, but for this, we'll have basically we're trying to have the energy be as exciting and high energy when you walk in the door. And then, of course, once the game's over, it'll translate into kind of just hopefully a celebratory celebratory environment. Hopefully not too many people are really bummed out, but it could could go either way, I suppose. So that, yeah, and then, of course, drink specials, food specials, I think that all the stuff that, makes people want to be there they're doing their best
2: with that so absolutely well you mentioned the celebratory atmosphere or i guess the nightlife atmosphere more and i have talked about mm-hmm. it before we we watched apple cup together and that was sort of one of our our conundrums was after we watched the game we didn't really have anywhere to go or it seemed like it was just things were over but uh you guys kind of keep the party
0: going yeah we do the best we can um, that's kind of part of our uh, of our history too. Uh, mine especially is entertainment. So being being that we want to keep as as many people activated and interested in, in in their environment, there we do have we have a very a heavy DJ rotation. The nightlife is very healthy there. Um, weekends, of course, being the the peak times, we're fortunate that we have enough people in town that want to be there. That there's always a line on the weekends, oh, wow. and yeah, it's, it's, we, we have taken the steps to try and make it a, a, both a fun and exciting environment. It's club-like, but without uh, kind of some of the heavy-handed attitude that comes with being in a nightclub. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. sort of like a really friendly nightclub is what we're
2: going for. <laughs> oh, I like that. that I makes, really like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And did I see correctly, too, when I was walking outside, you guys have a pretty cool outside upstairs patio area when it's nice out?
0: Yeah, we have. That was also a cool thing about the location is that we were able to have we have basically two patios: a ground floor patio which you you walk through when you come through the front door, yeah. uh, garage doors that open during the nice days. Oh, wow. <clears throat> all all three hundred and sixty of them we get in Portland,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and then we have a rooftop uh, deck as well that's built over the top of the front room. So uh, great great views of the west westward facing city views and yeah that's kind of where everyone wants to hang out when it's nice out of course so that that's nice another nice option too there's kind of a few different things you can do if you're not feeling the music you can go outside and hang out for a bit and check back in or you can um, hang out by the fire pit or hang out upstairs and and just relax you know that's kind of the uh the goal is to have a few different places for people to to hang and want to hang for hours is kind of the goal too so
4: Well, one thing we're always interested in here at Cast Club Radio is are are the drinks. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the drink selection at Century Bar?
0: Yeah, we um, we have probably our main focus is on our tequila and mezcal uh, selection. We uh, mezcal especially has been growing uh, yeah. quickly in interest, and it sort of spans a few categories. So so it's really it's really accessible. It seems like, and as at least the state of Oregon, uh, we get we're seeing more and more being imported. It's it's uh, it's great because that was kind of our focus from the beginning, Um, something we wanted to something we wanted to perpetuate. So uh, that would be kind of the focal point or one of the main focal points. Of course, we have considering the 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 different variety of, of demographics that we that we entertain really from. 21 to 71 it's it's there's there's different people at different times and different groups that come in at different times and we want to make sure everyone gets what they what they want so you know pretty wide selection of all the different spirits our cocktail list is uh we have a few classics we have a few unpretentious not not very serious drinks so we have basically you know for on the on the cocktail side we have a Paper plane variation called Amelia Earhart, uh, which has been really popular lately. But we also consequently have—I don't know how much we're allowed to do this, but we do it anyway. But it's not named the Baja Blast, uh, which is an homage to the, uh, uh, to the Mountain Dew flavor. I'm not sure. If you <laughs> oh, okay. It. Yeah. So it's—it's uh, it's, of course it's not that it's uh but it is a blue drink made with blue curacao um <laughs> yeah. and it's a popular one people love it so we have we our bartenders are very 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 capable and well trained in classic cocktails but of course we don't you know we want it to be fun so we don't take anything too seriously.
2: I like that. You mentioned um, it before, so that, something for everybody. That's kind of I it's a theme that keeps popping up. Jake, where can people go for more information if they want to check out your events or any of your specials?
0: Everything is all on our website at centurybarpdx.com. Um and of course we have all of our socials as well. Uh links to those on the website. So yeah, we have currently have our winter menu up and our event calendar gets updated uh, on the regular, so it's not daily, weekly, so you can have a chance to find out what we're doing sports wise and event wise, and all the other stuff.
2: Perfect, Jake. Thank you again yeah. so much for taking the time to talk to, to, to talk to us. Do you have any uh, rooting interest in the game tomorrow?
0: You know, I uh, I'm trying to stay neutral. Oh, because, okay. Uh, yeah,
2: it's very diplomatic.
0: My person, my personal feelings don't don't really matter.
2: Okay. And, okay. Uh, I don't
0: I don't want anyone to think that that uh, century has a bias okay good spare. We wow best team wins yes
4: <laughs> love wow. it all right thanks jake
0: <laughs> you bet
4: coming up next distiller dane is back with a super bowl themed top five plus we have a crowd-pleasing cocktail recipe to make for your super bowl guests that's next on cast club radio
2: Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Right now, joined by one of our favorite people, Distiller Dane. Last time we talked to you, you were hailing from Austin, Texas. Now you're back here in Seattle. What's up, my friend?
1: Not too much. Just uh, gearing up for the big day tomorrow.
2: Are you hosting a party? What's going on?
1: I am not hosting a party, but we will going over to our friend's house. But there's a big group of us that gets together every year and hangs out, does all the classic things.
2: Perfect. Well, I'm guessing maybe there might be one one themed thing in your top five today.
1: Uh, We got the Super Bowl over the whole list Oh, Okay,
4: perfect.
2: What's number one?
1: Number one, which obviously everyone loves, but it is the Super Bowl food and appetizers and specifically the chips and dip. (laughs) Yes.
4: (laughs) What's your favorite kind of dip?
1: I always like those multi-layered ones, you know. And the best yeah. part about the dip is why I bring yeah. it up because everyone always kind of has their homemade recipe and they're bringing it out this time of year. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about maybe getting crazy and trying to come up with like the most layered dip I can make this year. Maybe up to like sixteen layers <laughs> or something. Still brainstorming on that one a little oh, bit. Oh wow!
2: Yeah. Ooh, I like the ambition. <laughs>
1: Put is some there, Jello in the middle of it.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, is there one layer yeah. that you think would be sort of like out of left field, or are you going to play it safe?
1: Well, I was almost thinking we could actually include the chips in some of the layers, so you don't Ooh, have to dip it. You just kind of eat the whole thing.
2: I like it. I like it.
3: How, it, about, how, how about a layer of cauliflower flour?
1: I, I could get down with
3: that. I'm a cauliflower man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, number two.
1: One of my favorite games to play, I know a lot of people does this, but it is the Super Bowl Squares. Do you guys play this when you go to your parties? Yes, Yes,
2: absolutely. Oh, yeah. So
1: it's the dollar squares on what we do is the hand-drawn board. We don't get the fancy printed out one. And you kind of hope at the end of each quarter your numbers matches the game score. And you kind of land on it and get a few bucks.
2: Yeah, there's never a a bad way to participate in some, some form of competition on Super Bowl Sunday in my mind. When you don't have a team in it, you have to. Yeah.
3: For those of you at home, we don't condone, condone gambling on the show. Uh, that's our disclaimer. Okay, number three? Number three uh, on my list is actually
1: craft lager beer. So as we're kind of mm-hmm. moving out of stout season, I've seen a lot more craft lagers popping up just in time for game day. I've always had a few favorites. Uh, but my friends and I are this year we're only bringing non-big beer lagers to pour at the party to kind of get away from more of the mass-produced light beers. And at the same time, we can still be able to have quite a few during the game Mm
4: -hmm. yeah I like Mm -hmm. that it's not as heavy Mm -hmm.
1: dilly dilly (laughs) number four Uh, number four I almost didn't include this one on my list because I can't say I've been the happiest within the last couple years but I gotta say the Super Bowl commercials because Mm -hmm. it's the only program you watch where you actually sit down and have to watch every commercial to see how good they are this year
4: I agree.
2: I think that you're right. They've fallen off in recent mm-hmm. years. It's sort of been like the halftime show to me. They've just, just been
4: kind of eh, yeah the
2: last couple of years, but... I am glad, though. I know a lot of
4: people were disappointed about Maroon Five being the halftime show, but and they wanted some like true Atlanta acts, and they did add Big Boy and Travis Scott. So I am excited about Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I
3: thought Big Boy got added on there,
1: so I am excited about that. Me too. There we go.
3: The true winners of the Super Bowl ads are those companies that make ads that are so interesting or edgy that the news media talks about them in the run up to the Super Bowl and after the Super Bowl, and you may never see the ad again, but they got all that free press as a result of it. So that's that's why you see companies do that around the Super Bowl specifically. True. All right, number five.
1: All right, number five. This was actually on my list around this time last year, but I had to let it make the list again, and that is the showdown of Team Ruff versus Team Fluff in the 2019 Puppy Bowl. Yes. Mm. This
4: is
2: such a great—I mean, I, the Puppy Bowl, how would we not have this our entire lives? It's so great.
1: And uh, we always have a spare TV on that actually shows the Puppy Bowl as well, so— case you want to look over and not miss anything, but they have a starting lineup. I heard of 39 rescue dogs this year, and Uh, as everyone knows, they're always all up for adoption at the same time.
2: That's so great. I love it. Yeah, it's a heartwarming uh, part of that day for sure. Good note to end on today, Dane. I love it. Happy note.
3: So uh, for your Super Bowl favorites that are out there, we will wrap it up by saying go team. (laughs) (laughs) Go team. (laughs) Yep. Thanks, (laughs) Dane. All right. Back to work. Thank
2: you. Well, thanks so much to Dane for taking time with us to give us a Super Bowl-themed Top Five this week. Also, we've got a cocktail recipe if you're going to be entertaining for the Super Bowl tomorrow and you want something to make in a large batch version.
3: That's right. We talked earlier about some batch cocktails, and this one we call the Pineapple Sunset. It requires three cups of our Elk Rider vodka, or if you've got access to the batch number 12 uh, vodka distilled from corn, that's great. So three cups of that, six cups of pineapple juice six cups of orange juice, and a half a cup of our very amazing pomegranate vodka. So put that all in a large pitcher or a big serving punch bowl. Uh, Float some of the uh, pomegranate vodka on the top and add fruit slices if you like. Uh, Pretty easy, and uh, just serve it in cups with ice and uh, maybe a fresh uh, slice of fruit or a maraschino cherry as a garnish.
2: It just sounds visually really pretty, like something that would draw the attention of people at your party.
3: Uh, yeah, probably match closer to the Rams uh, uniforms <laughs> than the Patriots. But you never know.
2: You never know. Yeah, I guess you can try and find themed colored cocktails for whichever team you're rooting for this week. And whichever team you are rooting for, we hope that you have a great, fun time celebrating uh, family and friends. If you want to check out this cocktail recipe, it's available heritagedistilling.com. So are past recipes. And that's where you can check out full episodes of Cast Club Radio.
3: That's right, and uh, if you're enjoying friends and family for the big game, make sure you do not drink and drive, make arrangements ahead of time. Uh, remember, we are on the air on ESPN and Cairo Radio in Seattle and also ESPN Radio in Spokane. And uh, you can email us at Radio at com if you've got questions or suggestions. And uh, we are on all the social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram at caskclubradio. And please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.
2: We'll see you back here next week. Everybody, have a safe and happy Super Bowl. Maura, I hope you are having tons of fun there. Thank you. I'll just for you go Patreon.
0: <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for listening to Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage
3: Distilling. Check us
1: out on MyNorthWest.com to learn more and catch up on past
3: episodes. Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling.